the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The market in 2023 is forcing investors to be buttoned up and review their financial portfolios like never before. Trusted friends of the Todd Stern Show, Legacy Precious Metals. They can help to advise you on the best options to invest in gold and silver, which both provide stability in times of market crisis. I know this company well, so speak directly to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals by calling 866-528-1903 or download their free investor's guide at Legacy PM Investments. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun toting, Bible clinging, deplorable American. That's us, that's right. I love this American. Right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. We have a jam-packed show for you today, everybody. Uh, buckle up. Hope you put some Red Bull on the Fruit Loops today uh, because we got to get to it. Uh, I want you to go ahead and write down this telephone number. You're going to need it if you want to call into the program today, 844-747-8868. That is a toll-free telephone number. That's 844 844- Seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Now, real quick before we um, before we jump into uh, the big stories of the day, uh, we are getting tremendous response uh, about our trip to Israel. Uh, we're going to be taking one hundred of our listeners to the nation of Israel later this year in November, actually, for our very first our inaugural Stand with Israel tour. And we want you to be a part of that. Um, it is going to be a wonderful seven-day, seven-night, first-class experience. You're going to be getting uh, exclusive visits to many of the major Holy Land sites. Also, meetings with Israeli government officials and the Netanyahu administration. Uh, and, and we're going to have a private tour of the Knesset. Just, It's really going to be wonderful. And you're going to meet some of my uh, special friends who live in Israel right now. Uh, so if you'd like information, we want you to go to our website. You can get all the information there. You can sign up. A lot of people have been asking, do I need a, a clot shot? No, you do not. You don't need a COVID shot. Also, you can pay in installments, and those of you this month, if you sign up this month on the installment plan, uh, we're going to give you an exclusive breakfast uh, with yours truly in Tel Aviv, as well as a, a, a Todd Stern Show jacket, which is pretty awesome, and we're not making many of these jackets, uh, but you'll have to sign up for the installment pl- installment plan, and you can do that at ToddSterns.com, or you can call Dylan, and he'll get your information at 844-747-8868. Also, um, making plans to attend CPAC. I was on the phone yesterday, and 
I'll be doing a lot of things on the main stage this year, so uh, we will be broadcasting the show from Washington. If you're planning on being at CPAC, we'd love for you to drop by and say hello. It's it's really a lot of fun to meet our listeners, especially at gatherings like CPAC. President Trump is going to be there. Uh, we're going to be talking to a number of other uh, folks as well. Uh, Mike Pompeo, um, all sorts of great people are going to be at CPAC this year, and uh, you can get information on our live show blog. All right, some some weird developments, and we're going to get to what happened yesterday. Uh, during this show, there were some pretty contentious hearings up on uh, Capitol Hill involving the uh, involving the war on conservatives uh, that was being waged by by Twitter. And there were, I mean, when you look at the numbers of of people that have been censored on Twitter and the number of people that are still being censored on Twitter, I will tell you that Elon Musk has done a terrific job, but now it's just, I mean, it's really, it hasn't improved. I mean, people are still being censored. You can't, you can't find any information now. It's sort of a free-for-all over there. But yesterday on Capitol Hill... In this House hearing, you had all sorts of folks going after um, the people who run Twitter, including Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I, I want you to hear. I want you to hear this information. This it's it's a little long, but I want you to hear. Cut seventeen. Here's MTG dropping some truth bombs on these former executives at Twitter. Thank you much chair recognizes Miss Green for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Baker, Ms. Gaddy, Mr. Roth, and Ms. Navaroli. You can consider your speech canceled during my time because you canceled mine. You see, you permanently banned my personal Twitter account, and it was my campaign account also. So let's talk about election interference, shall we? January 2nd, 2002, you permanently banned my Twitter account. This was the account that I would put my campaign ads on, raise money on, fight back when attacked with lies, and be able to talk to my voters in my district. But you banned it. And then let me explain. My account was not reinstated until November 21st, 2022. That was after my election on November 8th. You know, at your company, or your former company, where you worked, Twitter employees, over 98% of them, donate to Democrats. So while you coordinated with DHS, the FBI, the CIA, our government, and outside groups to permanently ban, shadow ban conservative Americans and candidates like me and the former president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump, you were censoring and wrongfully violating our First Amendment free speech rights. Guess what? None of you hold security clearances. None of you are elected. And none of you represent 750,000 people like I do. Let's explain. 52 United States Law 10101. No person shall intimidate, threaten, coerce, or attempt to stop any other person for the purpose of interfering with their rights to vote or to vote as he may choose. You didn't shadow ban or permanently ban my Democrat opponent. No, you did that to me. And that was wrong, and it was against the law. You see, not only that, was it, a, was it me that you violated my First Amendment rights 
you violated countless conservative Americans. These were doctors that were trying to tell the truth about COVID. Doctors that were having success treating people with ivermectin that you all would not allow to be talked about on your platform. These were parents complaining about their school boards, teaching gender lies in their schools, biological males entering their daughter's bathrooms and sports. These were also people questioning the 2020 election. And guess what? That's Americans' First Amendment right. These were people talking about voting machines. You know what? Democrats did that in 2019, before the 2020 election. On Twitter, people could question elections such as 2016, saying Hillary won. But in 2020, no one could question elections saying Trump won. You abuse the power of a large corporation, big tech, to censor Americans. And you want to know something? Guess what? I'm so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter, and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because, because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. But you violated me. What, did, what were my tweets? Okay, let's talk about them. I was talking about the deaths being reported on VAERS. By the way, that's on the CDC website. I was also saying that I didn't think the, any entity should enforce a non-FDA-approved non vaccine or mask. Guess what? A lot of people agreed with me. But you called that COVID misinformation. By the way, I'm a member of Congress and you're not. I also said the controversial COVID-19 vaccines should not be forced on our military. You want to know something? Republicans stop that in the NDAA. L ladies, time has expired. And your time has expired. I yield back. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Oh, well, well, there you go. Uh, MTG uh, fired up, loaded for bear. Uh, but the facts, the facts are the facts. And the Twitter executives that were testifying up on Capitol Hill yesterday, they allowed and not only allowed but endorsed child pornography and pedophilia on Twitter while banning people like MTG for raising, by the way, very important and very serious issues. And we all remember how many people were actually banned, how many people were canceled because they dared to ask any questions about uh, what was really going on with these with these vaccines. 
By the way, Nancy Mace, the Congress lady from uh, South Carolina, went after Twitter executives over COVID misinformation. Take a listen. May I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay. What makes you think you or anyone else at Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situation yeah i'm sure you're not well there you go that's nancy mace who by the way went on to say that she herself has been suffering side effects from the china virus vaccine man people are dropping all over the place it's unbelievable what's happening with that so look what is going to happen here i i don't know here's what i hope happens i think people need to pay a price uh, we have twitter executives now on the record admitting that they interfered with the 2020 presidential election. That is a crime. Here's Congressman Clay Higgins from Louisiana. Cut 12. Bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew it was leaking. They knew it would hurt the Biden campaign. So the FBI used its relationship with Twitter to suppress criminal evidence being revealed about Joe Biden one month before the 2020 elections. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I'll yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Jordan. All right. So, look, here's where we're at on all of this. We're in the same place we were back when the Republicans were in charge of Congress during the first year of the first two years of the Trump administration. They were promising a lot of hearings, which they had. And we had a lot of these Republicans coming on my show day in and day out saying that uh, this this scandal was going to bring down the Democrats, that it was going to that it was going to lead all the way to the Barack Hussein Obama. They had all the evidence. They had the breadcrumbs. They were following the trails. And oh, my goodness, every single day. And so anyway, about a year and a half into all of this, I finally started asking questions of some of these uh, Republicans up on Capitol Hill. So when are we going to start seeing the the shoes drop here? When is that going to happen? Keep in mind, during the first two years of the Trump administration, the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate. And keep in mind that the years leading up to that historic election back in 2016 – 
you had Republicans saying, well, we have to have control of all. We have to have control of the House. We have to have control of the Senate. We have to have control of the executive branch, the White House. And if we have control of all three, we're going to be able to do stuff. Well, they did diddly squat. And they did it quite effectively, but it was still diddly squat. They didn't do anything, ladies and gentlemen. So I appreciate all of these hearings. I appreciate MTG giving the Twitter executives the what for. But at the end of the day, what are we going to get out of all of this? Because they're using our taxpayer money right now, and I don't want it to be squandered again. Are you hopeful that we are going to see people go to jail? Are you hopeful that we are going to see these people pay a price? Or do you think this is just a bunch of theater? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We're going to get into a bizarre story involving James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. Looks like there may be a coup underway, and Project Veritas looks like uh, they're getting ready to fire James O'Keefe. We're going to give you the very latest information on that. There's some weird stuff happening in a lot of these conservative groups, and the, I've got a, I have a theory, and I'll share what that is uh, ju- in just a moment. We do have to take a break here. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost nine hundred grand. If you run a business, a church, or a nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. Refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Hope you're doing good today, America. It's a good day to be a patriot, I'll tell you that much. Hey, uh, a question for all you Catholics out there. there do you prefer the Latin Mass or the, the regular Mass? I'm, I'm, I'm a Protestant, I'm a Baptist, so we, 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 we don't do Latin. But I'm curious, if, um, if you are a Catholic, do you prefer the Latin Mass to the, I guess, English? Is that is it English? I don't know. Someone will call in and will help us figure this out. Anyway, the FBI is using a report from the Southern Poverty Law Center, which, by the way, is a radical leftist racist hate group. And the, the Southern Poverty Law Center is out there attacking conservatives all over America. As a matter of fact, you might remember years ago, was this 2015? It's been a long time. There was a domestic terrorist attack on our friends at Family Research Council. Some guy showed up with guns and Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and the guy was 
the the guy's plan was to kill everybody at Family Research Council and then smear their bodies with the Chick-fil-A sandwiches. It's sickening. And fortunately, the security guard, who I know at FRC, was able to disarm the gunman. The security guard was shot, badly wounded. Uh, but he was able to stop this terrorist attack. Well, it turned out in the course of the investigation that the terrorist used information he got from the Southern Poverty Law Center to try and carry out the attack on Family Research Council. I mean, this is this is pretty evil stuff. Well, now the FBI is saying all of you people that go and use the Latin mass, you guys are white supremacists. 844-747-8868. I'll tell you more about that coming up. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. So let's talk about Project Veritas, if we can. Wow, what a mess. What a mess. And we've seen this play out in a couple of other large conservative organizations. Uh, But uh, James O'Keefe, from what we can gather, is in the hot seat in the company that he actually created. And this is a nonprofit. By the way, do you realize that Project Veritas, they rake in $20 million in donations? So this is what I mean when conservatism has become a big business. I mean, and again, they're a nonprofit. You say, well, Stearns, what about you? You you own a conservative company. Yes, I do, but mine is a for-profit company. So we are, we are making money. We are in the business to make money. We're not some sort of a nonprofit where we're, you know, and again, some of these some of these companies, I just, I don't know how they get, I don't know how they get away with some of this stuff. I'm telling you, but conservatism is big business, and conservatives, listen up. You've got to do your homework when you are donating to these companies. Find out what your money's really going to. Now, I will say this. I was I was checking Project Veritas's nonprofit uh, information last night, and for the amount of money they're bringing in and the amount of work that James O'Keefe and his team does – Looks to me like the salaries of the top executives, including James O'Keefe, are pretty. You know, I mean, pretty fair. The guy's bringing in what uh, he's making a little over three hundred thousand and change a year. That's pretty respectable. I mean, it's a great salary, but it's it's not anything that's outrageous. Is is what I'm trying to say. 
So anyway, uh, there was um, there was a big dust up last night about Project Veritas, and word came out that James O'Keefe, who founded the company, has been placed on leave and could be fired. That could be that, and that could happen tomorrow. According to sources, um, James O'Keefe is a tyrant, and they say that staffers are really upset over his management style. They accuse him of berating employees and eating a sandwich that belonged to a pregnant woman. <laughs> well, maybe he was hungry. I don't. Then again, the pregnant woman she's eaten for two. So yeah, I don't. I don't know what that was all about. So, New York Magazine first reported this conservative world, conservative Twitter is going bonkers, and people are taking sides here. And I, I'm very surprised to see that a lot of folks are not all that surprised that James O'Keefe is a horrible person to work for. Now, don't get me wrong, and I want to be very clear here about something. James O'Keefe may very well be a horrible person to work for, but that doesn't discount the incredible work they're doing because they're doing some great work without Project Veritas. We would not know that Joe Biden used to take naked showers with his daughter. We wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know anything about the Hunter Biden laptop story, among other things. So Project, so you have to ask yourself, all right, if you're going into this environment and you're going to take a job with Project Veritas, you have to accept the fact, number one, you're doing God's work by exposing all of this evil out there. But number two, you're going to have to figure out, can you put up with a tyrant for a boss? It's, you've got to be able to do that. So people are, people are just really put out over this. Uh, Project Veritas putting out a statement, the board of directors putting out a statement. Project Veritas has achieved immense growth and impact during the last three years. Like all newsrooms at this stage, the Project Veritas Board of Directors and Management are constantly evaluating what the best... Okay, this is all legalese. Here we go. There are 65-plus employees at Project Veritas. That's still a good-sized staff, but nothing really... At- so this is nothing about anything about financial malfeasance or anything immoral or anything like that. There are 65-plus employees at Project Veritas dedicated to continuing the mission to expose corruption, dishonesty, waste, fraud, other misconduct. Okay, get to the point here, Project Veritas. To our supporters, we hear you, we care about you, and we will never give up. And they say that James O'Keefe is on a well-deserved paid leave. So well-deserved, in other words, he's getting what he asked for, or well-deserved because he's been working very hard and he needs a vacation. They didn't answer that question. So here's here's where we're at in a nutshell on Project Veritas. Without James O'Keefe, there is no Project Veritas. It's, it's really that simple. But I've got to tell, I've got two Project Veritas stories to share with you. Just so because I don't, look, I don't have a dog in the hunt. I love what they do, and we promote what they do, and I will still continue to do that. But I've got to share two Project Veritas stories with you uh, that will that will help you understand who these people really are, because they really James O'Keefe is a very unkind person. So, and they both have believe it or not, both of these instances happen at CPAC. So we were doing a book signing at CPAC. 
and it's it's always a big deal, and we love it. It's um, they do a great job at CPAC, and so we were there, and we got over to our appointed seat, and I'm there signing books for our listeners, and all of a sudden there's this massive commotion. I had been maybe the book signing, we were about three or four, maybe five minutes into the book signing, and all of a sudden there's this massive commotion, and here comes this throng of people just literally hurting over, and these people come rushing up to the table. You've got to move right now. Get out of here. Go, 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 go now. Go now. Get out of here. I was rather startled, and I said, I said, what? what? What's going on here? And they said, you've got to get out of here because we're about to do a book signing with James O'Keefe, and he needs all the tables cleared. You have to leave now. I'm like, what the hell? So I was, I got a little unbaptist. I just want to be honest with you. You can put me on the church prayer list. But I got to, I, I stood up and I said, we're not going anywhere. I don't care who, I don't care who's coming. And I mean, they got really nasty. I've never seen anything like this. And I'm sitting here, and by the way, this is not something we were doing. The bookstore at CPAC had asked us to come and do a book signing. Man, did they, so they got their britches in a bunch over this. but and, and, folks, I'm as friendly as they come, and we're always happy to promote book signings and all this other kind of whatnot, even when some of these conservatives that you love, and, I, and this is why I'm not going to name some of the other conservatives, because you love these people. But may I just say something? They're jerks in private. So they'll ask to come on and promote their books, and I bring them on to the show, and I let them promote their books because they're good books, right? And they're, they've got a good message. But, it, but then when it comes time for us to have a book coming out, and the reason why they want to come on our show, by the way, is because our audience will buy books. You guys, you guys love supporting conservatives. But then when we, ask, when we have a book out and we ask to go on their shows, well, all of a sudden, they shut it down. Oh, no, no, no. No, we don't do that. There was a there was a host. I can't I can't tell you who it was. I wish I could tell. I, I want to be able to tell. No, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but bear with me for a moment. I was at Fox News. There is a very popular host. Um, can I tell? I, you know, I shouldn't say the name of the show, but let's see. If you were counting, if you no, it's not outnumbered. No, but if you were counting, like I don't know, one, two, three, four, <clears throat> five. So anyway, there's a host at one of the lady hosts, and um, I had endorsed, a, I had been asked to endorse a book or something that this person, and I was happy to do it. I love doing that kind of stuff. So anyway, when, when I had a book, this is several years back, so I had a book coming out, and I said, hey, you know, would you like to endorse this, this book? Oh, I don't do that. I don't, I don't endorse other people's projects. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, folks, it's just... There are some people in the conservative movement, and you just want to say, bless your heart. Now, you Southern ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. But you sometimes want to say, bless your heart with a cast iron skillet up the backside of the head. I know. I, I told you, put me on the prayer list. I, I'm getting in the flesh today, as the preacher says. So anyway, back to James O'Keefe. So we didn't move. And man, did they get all upset. I, they had their cameras out and filming. I said, I don't care. I don't care who it is. We are supposed to be doing a book signing here. If you've got a problem with it, you need to take it up with the owner of the bookstore who asked us to be here. Behave yourself. So that was one experience with these Project Veritas folks. 
And again, I love what they do, but they're jerks. So anyway, fast forward to two years ago. And we were at CPAC, and they had this private little area where if you're a speaker, uh, you go in and uh, you stand in line. It's just a few minutes, and you get your papers and your badge and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, and then off you go to CPAC. So there were there was something wrong with the computer system, and so the lines were a little long. I was standing in line with Senator Marsha Blackburn's person. The per- So the senators, you know, they don't stand in line. They have people to do that right? But I, I just like doing that kind of stuff myself. So I, I guess I could have had my person do it, but I chose to stand there. So anyway, Marsha Blackburn's person and I, we're standing there together. They get the computers back working and all of a sudden there's a person in front of us and she's not moving. And so we said, hey, you know, I think the, the, the computers are fixed. You can go ahead and get your, she goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm blocking the line for my staff. And and we were like, what? And so all of a sudden, 25 people, like, literally cut to the front of the line. And they're all Project Veritas people, every single one of them. And because they were more important than everybody else standing in the line. So I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by this. The Marsha, Senator Blackburn's person says, oh, hell no. I literally, oh, hell no. And and the guy jumps in and he's like, hey, you guys, you can't be jumping in line like this you got to go back in the back of the line like everybody else and so they were get they were it was getting heated and i thought geez alou uh, the ten, the two guys from tennessee may have to fist fight the project <laughs> no i'm serious it was crazy but they're just incredible you know why because they think they're better than everybody else and and that's that and that's who they are but you know what they do great work and you so you just have to discount all of that. So I don't know what's going on over at Project Veritas. Honestly, it's it's a mess. But the same thing is happening to some extent over at the Daily Wire with um, with Stephen Crowder, and there's just a lot. Candace Owens. I mean, it's there's a lot of chaos right now in the conservative media world, and I think honestly, may I just um, I just. You see, I'm already just wading into all of this, but may, I, I want to explain what I think is going on. Do you remember when you were a kid and you kept trying to do stuff that you knew you weren't supposed to do, but you felt like you were able to do it because you're just all that in a bag of chips? Well, I think that's what's happening here. And basically, we got a bunch of people out there in conservative media world that are just getting too big for their britches. And they think their poop don't stink. And trust me, folks, if you're downwind from all that mess, it stinks. It really does. So anyway, I hate it for James O'Keefe. I will say this. um, If they fire him, Project Veritas is done. I mean, they're done. It's, It's gone because he is Project Veritas. Now, is it possible that they can all learn lessons here? I hope so. Maybe they can learn to be nice to people, be kind and considerate, do unto others. Because one of these days, if you don't do unto others, they're going to do it to you. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. What a mess. All right. Got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Uh, got a text message from our buddy Shanklin. Says Stearns, the best advice: don't meet your heroes. That way, you're never disappointed. That's fair enough. That's a that's a good point. And you know, Shanklin used to um, used to work for Rush uh, Limbaugh, L. Rushbo, and um, just did a terrific job. And you know, L. Rushbo. Here's the thing about Rush: the guy was just incredibly generous with with um, with his fortune. I mean, he just, he went above and beyond. And you never really heard a lot about the things he did, but uh, he did a lot of, even a lot of fundraising on uh, the Rush Limbaugh show back in the day. And and we like to be able to do that to, to the best of, of our abilities uh, here on this program. So anyway, just folks, it's just important because there are a lot of conservative grifters out there. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's the case here, but I'm just saying you got to be careful. And you got to make sure you do your homework and make sure these people have a history, a legacy. According to the um, to one report, this is fascinating. Uh, one of the concerns among donors is how Project Veritas is spending some of its money. Uh, there was apparently James O'Keefe is a big musical theater person, um, and O'Keefe, who performed in high school musicals added a series of musical productions to Project Veritas's repertoire, including an elaborate Project Veritas experience that involves O'Keefe dancing while wearing a bulletproof vest. In December, Project Veritas acknowledged improperly giving O'Keefe $20,500, wow, in excess benefits to pay for Project Veritas staff to accompany him to Virginia as he performed a lead role in the production of the musical Oklahoma. You guys familiar with Oklahoma? Isn't it? That's one of the old school that's one of the old school musicals when Broadway was pretty cool. I don't remember any of the songs. Oklahoma. That's I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only song I know. I don't have a very good singing voice either, unlike Mr. O'Keefe. I'm not a song and dance man. So anyway, uh, you got to figure all this stuff out for yourself, though. Do your homework uh, when giving to these um, conservative groups and know that, man, they are rolling in the dough. Here's here's my take on this. And I know it's sort of weird, but it works for me. I don't give money to conservative groups. I give money to my church. Right. That's that's what I do. Um, That's just it's it seems to work for me. And it keeps me from getting aggravated knowing my money may be going to, you know, a Broadway show. I'm just telling you. 
All right, we've got a great rest of the program lined up here. We've got to jump into the latest with this laptop scandal, AOC now weighing in. Also, uh, Senator James Langford is going to be here from Oklahoma. And, uh, okay, no, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. I'm, the staff is very upset when I do that. Uh, also, we're going to be checking in with our friends at Hillsdale College. Apparently, they're being overrun with students. They, people are surging to Hillsdale because they are anti-woke, and you can't, you can't beat that. All right, uh, we got to take a break here coming up. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Also, Deion Sanders, remember him? Coach Deion Sanders now at the University of Colorado, coming under fire from the atheist. Turns out that they don't like him praying with his players, and they're threatening to sue the University of Colorado. And it looks like the University of Colorado is going to surrender to the atheists. So we'll tell you more about that story as well. Also, don't forget, folks, if you'd like information on our trip to Israel, give Dylan a call. He is standing by now. He'll get all your information. That number, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868 if you'd like trip to our, if you'd like information on our trip to Israel coming up in November of this year. All right, stick around, everybody. Hour two of the big show coming up. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Uh, wow. Hour two underway. A crazy story. We're going to be talking to a, to a lawmaker who has taken up the uh, cause of female athletes across the Fruited Plain. And the, the story involves a, a swimmer by the name of Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines is from the University of Kentucky. She's a graduate swimming star, and now she is uh, dedicating her life to fight to saving women's sports. So she's out there fighting the good fight. And you might remember Riley Gaines um, on that platform with Leah Thomas, the dude who got to swim with the girls. And Riley Gaines is now calling on the NCAA to establish separate locker rooms for transgender athletes who participate in female sports. And I think that's, uh, that's an incredible idea. As a matter of fact, why not just go ahead and, and again, this is – this is the thinking in the conservative world now. They're saying, well, fine, let's just have transgender sports teams. Well, there's just one problem with that. When you when you walk down that path, you are now acknowledging that that is actually a thing, that God is really not making men and women anymore, that God's making um, who knows what. We have male teams. We have female teams. Everybody's covered. Everybody. 
Anyway, this Riley Gaines, she says that Leah Thomas was really um, abusive and bullying to the actual biological girls and would expose his little bits in the women's locker room. Niblets. She said at one point he even dropped his pants in the in the girls' locker room. Do you see what this is all about? This is really all about these men who clearly need psychological help lording over these women. Look at Don Lemon. And nobody wants to talk about what's really going on with Don Lemon over at CNN, the most profane name in news. But I'm going to tell Negro you. Network. Thanks, Judge Joe Brown. I'm going to tell you what's going on with that. You see, Don Lemon is under fire because he is bullying his female co-host. And you see, Don Lemon thinks he has a right to do that because of his protected status. No, not as a black man. No, the other one. The alphabet. Yeah, he thinks he's covered by that. He thinks that gives him protection to treat his female co-host. You see, Don Lemon won't do that to a man, but he will do it to the women, and he has a bad track record of behaving that way. It's not the only person out there doing that, too. This is truly a war on women. I and it just it's beyond me why you don't have the National Organization for Gals and all those other people out there standing up and defending the women. Anyway, we're going to be talking with a lawmaker up on Capitol Hill who is taking up this cause a little bit later on this hour of the show. Also, by the way, Senator James Langford is going to be here uh, as well. Are you a millennial? Do you have millennial children or grandchildren? Now, the millennials are all of you folks that were born between 1981 and 1996. A lot of people. And millennials are coming under fire because of a few polls that are pointing out some flaws with their generation's work ethic. So I'm just curious. Do you work with a millennial? Do you own a business and you have employed millennials? I'm curious to know about the work ethic of these millennials. One new Fortune poll, Fortune 500 poll, shows that 35% of millennials across America still rely on their parents to pay their bills. Lisa Booth on The Big Sunday Show on Fox says, if you're a millennial, your parents are trying to retire, and you're taking their money like go out and get a job. It's really disrespectful. Are you a millennial parent and your child lives at home with you? And is your child mooching off of you, or is this something that you would prefer? Booth, who happens to be a millennial, made the point that she plans to raise her own children to be more tough than others in her generation. For the people that showed up even during COVID and went to work when others sat at home and got a check, maybe now their bosses... So guess what, kids? While you sit at home in mommy and daddy's basement playing whatever game and pretending you're the victim, your friend who graduated with you is going to be your boss. Many millennials argue that the cost of living in the United States has spiked over the decades and inflation is not making paying the bills any easier. To make matters worse, obtaining a college degree is becoming increasingly necessary to stay afloat in competitive job markets. But the cost of attending college has also gone up. Well, let me just say a couple of things here. Do you really need a college degree nowadays? Is that necessary? 
do you really need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a degree, a bachelor's degree, or a, an advanced degree, a master's? If you're gonna, uh, do you really need that to succeed in life? You know, that's the problem with, with Barack Hussein Obama because he told all of these millennials who were going to college, just heading off into college, when he became president, he was telling these kids, there's something wrong with you if you don't go to college. There's something wrong with you if you just want to go right into the workforce or if you want to go to a community college. There's something wrong with you. This was pounded into the brains of kids over and over and over and over again. And now you have a generation of young people, many of whom have degrees that are completely worthless. They realized their gender studies degree in lesbian pottery is not going to pay the bills. I'm sorry, it's just not. And can we just be honest? The pottery's not all that great. So I'm just curious. How do we fix the millennial generation, or is it just too late? You see, my concern is what Generation Z is going to turn out doing. Are they going to behave just like millennials? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Let's go to Minnesota. Brian on the line. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you, Brian. I got a couple of your books for Christmas this year, so I was happy to get those. Um, I wanted to comment on millennials um, and a little bit of Gen Z, if I may. Um, I am a hiring manager, and I have to say, I think millennials ending in 96, I think that's the last that we have of people with strong work ethics, actually. So I have to slightly disagree with you there. I think Gen Z is a problem that I see because a lot of these kids, they don't even own a pair of jeans. So they come to work in hoodies and sweatpants all the time, to job interviews, you name it. This is Generation Z that does that? Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I, have noticed, I have noticed some of that, and that's why I do have concerns about Gen Z. Uh, the millennials, though, I think the problem with the millennials, Brian, is that a lot of them were coerced into going to college when they, A, could not afford it, and B, really had no need to go to college. But they were told if they didn't go to college, there was something wrong with them. Correct. And I wish I didn't spend fifty grand on college, but, uh, hey, I got my bachelor's degree, so I can't really get it back, can I? <laughs> well, no, but and, – and that's and look, there's nothing wrong with going to college. I mean, that's what some people want to do, and that's, that's all well and good. But I, I can tell you, even within our family – there are individuals who said, you know what, I, I want to go to a trade school, and those people are out there making tons of money. They don't have any debt. They've already bought their first house. You know, they're doing very well for themselves. And unfortunately, others are not doing good because they're saddled down with debt and all sorts of other issues. Yes, and it makes it very difficult to buy a home and all these other things that you want because the teachers, I remember when I was a junior in high school, that there was nothing but pressure to A, in my time to vote for Obama, but for B, to go to college right after uh, high school, which was a complete waste of resources, in my opinion. I, I wish I would have just worked, put a lot more money in my 401k, and just, you know, gone to trade school or something else. You know, I know we uh, a lot of people poke fun at Dave Ramsey, but you know there's a lot of truth to what Dave says. And you know, being debt free and and getting out from under the mountain of debt, 
Um, that is that is something that is lost, I suspect, not just on the millennial generation, but also Gen Z. Absolutely. I listen to Dave Ramsey sometimes, but of course, more so you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, Brian, thank you for calling in, and uh, thanks for listening from Minnesota. And uh, you, this is interesting. So the issue for you is Generation Z. Ladies and gentlemen, what about you? Uh, are you seeing an issue with work ethic? And let's just say these 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 last two generations coming up, 844-747-8868. And how do you turn it around? How are you, how did you parent your millennials? Did they turn out okay? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern show. Yeah, according to this Fox News study, more millennials are mooching off their parents than uh, than any other time in American history. Living at home. People say, go out there, get a job. That's what they say. Oh, by the way, uh, Meta just restored President Trump's Twitter page, for those of you who are still on, I'm sorry, Facebook page, for those of you who are still on Facebook. Let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Ernie on the talk station. Hey, Ernie, what's on your mind? Yeah, Todd, um, I think it has a lot more to do with how how a kid is is raised than, than the age group he's in. You think so? So you don't think this is just a, oh, yeah. a significant generational issue? Oh, oh, it certainly is. It certainly is. There, there are... Jobs going begging here, entry-level jobs starting at 12 to $15 an hour. And this is, this is eastern North Carolina, which is not noted for great wages. Ernie, so, I want yes. you, Ernie, I want you to listen to this. This is from the Fox News story. The poll found that 63% of millennials and Gen Z have experienced feelings of burnout. They're not old enough to even know what burnout is, Ernie. They have, oh, they have no idea. They got no idea. In addition, no idea. Hold on, I got to read this to you, Ernie. In addition, many millennials reported not knowing how to accomplish certain tasks that were once expected of adults. And here are some of the things the millennials don't know, Ernie. This is nuts. They don't know how to change the oil in their car. They don't know how to change a tire. They don't know how to tie a tie. They don't know how to jumpstart a car or sewing a hole. Ernie, what are we doing as you, parents? You are, you will, that is correct on every count. I, I can only tell you this. I'm the Vietnam War generation baby boomer kind of person. I did not go to college, but I got a wonderful, wonderful education in the Air Force that enabled me to come out and begin making a lot of money in the electrical field. I was very successful. I was able, I had my, our son was born in 1970. Um, I, we were able to buy our first house at that time. And my son grew up to be a very intelligent, industrious young man because he had no choice but to do some work for me because I wasn't going to give him spending money. You see, Ernie, I'm curious. How Do you remember how old you were when you got your first job? Oh, well, my first job was a paper boy when I was uh, 12 years old. That, <laughs> but, you know, I, that, that's, that's not, that's, that was then, this is now, there's, 
those were those were the 1960s. But anyway, at this point, I'm 77 years old, and I have a grandson now who's going to a two-year community trade school. He's learning a trade. And, and it, again, it all, it all goes back to how you're raised. My son doesn't give his son anything for doing nothing. You see, I like that, and and that's the way it should be, Ernie. Uh, you've clearly raised your your kids right, and now your kids are raising their kids right. I remember, like you, I was eleven or twelve when I got my first job, and I'll never forget. It was first day of summer break. Dad woke me up at the crack of dawn, said, "Son, you're getting a job," and that job was mowing grass and you know doing things, doing yard work, and I you know had made made a little bit of spending money. Um, and from that point on, I always worked. Todd, it doesn't make any difference what your first job is. It's just it's just the idea. Of That's it. You you wind up with with some jingle in your pocket, and and it's the the responsibility of showing up on time, uh, clocking in, keeping track of your hours, doing a good job, going above and beyond. You know, learning how to work with others. I mean, so many lessons yeah. that you learn, and a lot of kids these days have never even experienced having a job until well after college. Well, all I can say to that is, it, it's not part of our family's legacy we 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 work good and, and that's what we need that's what makes america america we're not a lazy nation and unfortunately we've become even more lazy during the pandemic when the government was paying people to sit on their couches and eat potato chips right. and watch the movies that's uh, uh, well, that was that, a dangerous dangerous precedent they're setting that 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 was never part of our lifestyle and even my twilight i'm in the twilight years of of my of my uh, career, and I still work. I, if I get a little job, I go out and do it. I, I do. I really do. Yeah. I really have to? No, but I I still work. It's 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 an ethic that it's it's a it's an ethic that I don't. I'm not so sure you can be born with, but it's an ethic that can be instilled within you. Ernie, you're a good man, and I agree wholeheartedly with you. So I appreciate you calling in, Ernie. You give us a holler back. But I'm curious, do you teach your kids these things? I mean, it seems to me if, you, if, you're, if you're a millennial, you're 30 years old, and you don't know how to change oil in your car. I mean, when I, by the time I graduated high school, there were certain things I knew how to do, and pretty much all of them on this list. And I shall add a few. I knew how to wash clothes and separate the whites from the colors uh, when you were doing the laundry. And uh, you learned how to basically make a few um, you know, make a few meals. So you at least knew your way around the kitchen. But that was the whole point of, of going to school, going to high school. You, uh, back And I graduated in 85. And at that time, guys were taking shop class and girls were taking home economics. And you... The girls learned how to cook and make budgets and take care of the house, and the guys were learning how to change tires and change the oil and build things. That's that's just the way things were. And now I guess they're too busy trying to you know confuse people about their pronouns, and the teachers are too busy taking kids to you know to the abortion clinic to have the abortions and to get their private parts whacked off. They just don't have time to do any of this stuff anymore. But I am curious, moms and dads, and especially those of you of, of this age, 
Are you teaching your kids this? What do you do? What is it that a child, a well-rounded American child, should know by the time they turn 18 years old, graduate high school, and leave the nest? 844-747-8868. That's our phone number. 844-747-8868. I learned how to grill, too, but that's kind of a guy's thing, right? I mean, the guys handle the grill, and I mean, that's just the way God intended. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to have you with us today. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Let's get to the phone lines here, 844-747-8868. Ronnie in North Carolina, WSIC. Hey, Ronnie, what's on your mind? Hi, Mr. Starnes. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I wanted to comment on, uh, you were talking about our children. Uh, I think one of, at least in my case, one of the biggest problems is I've tried to do everything for them and tried to be their provider instead of allowing them to, or, you know, having them to go do for themselves. And it's actually kind of backfired on me. Does that make sense? It it does make sense. I am curious, though. How is it, how did it backfire on you? Well, it's because, like, you know, you were talking about the, the, young men today that couldn't change the oil and that kind of stuff. It's like I did everything for them instead of I, – I, I just – I'm kind of a fast-paced guy, so I, uh, you know, I'd rather do something myself than wait for somebody else to do it, you know. So I think uh, where I should – when I look back on it, I think maybe I should have uh, made them start cutting grass. This is when I was uh, – my grandfather passed away in 76, and I was uh, – about 13 years old when he passed away he had me mowing grass for a couple of years you know up and down the street making two dollars and a half or five dollars for a yard you know uh so that's the way i was raised whereas my children that didn't force them to do that kind of thing i wish now that i had done that rather than rather than trying to be their provider and and, and make them more self-sufficient you know, you know uh, no, so I, yeah, Ronnie, I get it. I get it. You know, raising your kids to be self-sufficient and, you know, making them start doing these things at a younger age. I mean, by the time your kids, yeah, by the time your kids are teenagers, they ought to be doing chores around the house, learning how to, you know, do the laundry, all those kinds of things. Um, otherwise they're not going to learn how to do it or they're going to, they're going to be a horrible spouse to somebody down the road. You know, I think, too, we're so worried about them getting hurt and that kind of thing. When I was operating a chainsaw at 10, 12 years old, and now, you know, I was always afraid to put things in my children's hands. And if you, a, a gentleman, a friend of mine brought up a point a while back. In the 1960s, if you opened up uh owner's manual for a Corvette, uh, on page 13, I think he told me it was, they were showing you how to adjust the valves. And, and today, the same Corvette, on a 2020 or 2022, that same page number tells you not to drink the battery acid. <laughs> you know, where have we gone now? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like our, I don't know, it's like I think common sense is 
not so common anymore. It's true. It's and, and and a lot of this has to go. And again, I get it. Not every millennial is like this. Not every generation's ear is like this. But a majority, according to these surveys out there, a majority say they don't know how to do these things. And you, you're if you remember uh, just a couple of years back, Ronnie, the the uh, it was the Super Bowl. You had the commercial where um, you know they had the uh, everybody was getting a participation trophy, and the pushback. There was a great um, one of the car companies, truck companies. Um, actually, took the um, you know took the uh, participation trophy and just threw it away. I mean, that's because it's that's the problem is that we're really kind of coddling a generation. We don't want them to feel bad. We we don't want them to experience loss or losing. I think sometimes we're a little too protective too. I, you know, I say that I, I think I waited too late to start showing my children. Like when, like I said, I was eight, ten years old, cutting grass with a push mower. You know, cut riding. I mean, and uh, you know, today, like I, my children were probably. 14, 15 years old before I started doing that. So I think I think that I think we just protect them a little too much. Ronnie, that's a good thought, and I know a lot of people are going to wait want to weigh in on what you just had to say. Appreciate you calling in. I want to go to Amanda in Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship station. Hi, Amanda. What's up? Hey, just wanted to comment on um, the kids working today. Um, I'm kind of like Ronnie. Um, we've protected our kids too much and um, with OSHA saying, oh, you you know, they can't work here or they can't work there until they get 16, 18 years old, you know, they're not allowed to work anymore and growing up, I mean, my my dad only had two girls and so we learned how to mow yards. We learned how to change the oil in our vehicles, our set, you know, even as girls and I mean, because I mean, he wanted us to know how to do those things, and he didn't have boys to pass it on to. And in a way, it's a kind of good thing because my husband's dad didn't—he didn't pass those things on to him. He didn't let him mow the yard because he didn't do it the way he wanted him to do it. <laughs> so uh, I, I know how to change washers and sink faucets and all that stuff. So it's just kind of a—it's what we've taught our kids, and I've tried to teach my girls. Hey, you got to take. You know, you got to kind of know how to take care of yourself. I have to tell you, Amanda, that, you know, if there's if there's some young generation Zer looking for a bride and he comes across a girl that can not only cook delicious food, but also change the oil in the car. Uh, I think, you know, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Because nowadays, they, you know, guys can't even do those things. Oh, it's true. <laughs> they take it. They take it to Jiffy Lube instead. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. I mean, good for Jiffy Lube. You know, they need the business. But, but you know, Amanda, I've always been impressed with the work ethic. And I, it, I somebody somebody out there will take me to task for saying this. But I think the workers at Chick-fil-A, who are mostly kids, do a better job than most of the other fast food restaurants out there. There's just an air of something different about kids working at a Chick-fil-A compared to a McDonald's or a Wendy's? Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I've got a 30-year-old and a 21-year-old, and they both worked while they were in college. They're both, work, you know, still work now. My um, my 30-year-old, she treats even her elders with respect. She te- treats the ones younger than her with respect. It's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and yes, sir, no, sir, and 
she's just and they're going, you don't have to talk to us like that. And she says, no, she says, my mama raised me that this is the way you talk to people. And I'm going to talk to you like that. As long as you respect me, I respect you. And I mean, and she can, she'll work her, she works her tail off. And my youngest one does the same thing. Um, she does it. She's in college now. And we try to, even with things, things expensive like they are, we've tried to give her, you know, extra money for food. Nope. I don't want it. I'll make do. I don't want it. I'll make do. And well, like, good okay, for her. You know. Good for her. You know, we have um, we have our favorite uh, young conservative on. Uh, he was uh, Riley was on the show yesterday, and you know he told his parents uh, as soon as he turned eighteen, went to college. Mom, Dad, I appreciate you and I appreciate your support, but I'm doing it all by myself from here on out. And you know, working yeah. two, three jobs just to pay the bills to get through college. That kind of a person, just like your daughter, they're going to be very successful in their lives. Well, she she we pay her rent, but she pays everything else. I mean, she pays all her other bills, and um, she you know, and she tries to do her best. And like I said, her sister even tried to give her money the other day, and she's like, "Nope." I'm doing this on my own. Well, if I had a sibling giving me cash, I may take the cash, Amanda. I'm just. And of course, I try to tell her, hey, make sure you give back to what, you know, give back to God what is God, you know. And I've tried to raise them both that way. You know, I didn't do that for the longest time, but, you know, I've learned that way too. And I've learned the hard way, you know, if you. just give back to what is God's because it all belongs to him anyway. That, get that 10%. That's it. Amanda, yep. thank you for that. Again And again, there's there's a common theme here. You are doing your job as a parent, and you're teaching your kids, you're training your kids so that when they leave the nest, they're going to be able to take care of their, themselves and their household. Like I said, we did a disservice letting OSHA come in and saying, hey, they can't work till they're 16. It's too dangerous. They can't work on farms now. They can't work, you know, they can't work anywhere now. And, you know, because it's too dangerous, you know, they've got to be a certain age to work. I would contend it's more dangerous for them to sit at home on their butts and and not, not understand what it means to work and what it means to get out there and sweat and work hard and and do a task. I, I think that might even be more dangerous. Amanda, we we've hey. got to we got to run here. God bless you, and thank you for calling in. And great job raising your kids. That what a great story. Uh, let's go to. Let me give the number again: eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. We have a line open now. That's eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Let's go to Jesse in North Carolina. Jesse, I'm interested to hear your story. I understand you're a self taught. Toolmaker, how did that happen? Well, uh, Todd, uh, it's, it's, I go back to uh, living on the very edge of the state city limits, Todd. And in my front yard, I had the entire city limits of state. And then in my backyard, I had thousands of acres of forest. And so I got to, I got to see the difference in the, the lifestyle of a city life versus, you know, living a country life and how people, how that affects their, their way of learning, uh, teaching and, uh, and, and what she said, uh, Amanda there, uh, I think some of the biggest problems is the legislation has gotten in and, 
and interfered in a lot of ways. Uh, but, but the biggest thing is to, is paying attention to a child when they're young. Is their interest, whatever interests them, is the best way is to teach them. Because they will learn so much stronger by using the things that they're interested in is, is to how to teach them the, the things. But to me, <clears throat> I've never stepped foot in the car. And my father was, a, uh, he quit in eighth grade. And I'm not promoting anybody to quit school by no means. Well, no, I mean, but, you need to get a good education. But again, I think it goes back to this, Jesse, um, that ultimately at the end of the day, you don't need a college degree to be successful in in life, and I think not. and I think you're you, you've illustrated that by you know teaching yourself how, how to be a toolmaker, Jesse. I hate to do this; we've got to skedaddle. We are late for a break, but uh, I appreciate wow. you calling in, and thank you for that. Eight four four seven four seven eight eight sixty eight. This is the Todd Stern Show. This is Theo Crampton from Iowa. I just wanted to let you know that I totally disagree with you at, on this point. I have a son born 1988, joined the military, served two years or two tours, one Iraq, one Afghanistan. He's never lived in his mommy's basement. And he knows how to change a tire. He knows how to sew a button. He knows how to clean a house. He knows how to make a bed. He knows how to wash clothes. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Good to have you with us. Let's go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line. Congressman Doug LaMalfa uh, on the line with us. Congressman, we uh, we apologize for the delay, but good to have you with us today. Hey, great to be on with you. How's things going? Things are going well, and, and I want to jump in here. I, we don't have a lot of time, but this story about what's happening with the female athletes and especially swimming star Riley Gaines is just really appalling, and, and I'm glad to see that you are taking up this case. Hey, it's, it's not just me. We have uh, several colleagues working on this well, as well, and you know, any any, any normal-thinking person wonders how the heck we even got here, you know. Uh, Greg Stubbe from down in Florida carried a bill last time and is doing one this time that I'm going to be a, a joint author on as well. So this just, why do we have to even be doing a bill on this, Todd? It makes no sense to me. You know, men are men, women are women, God created you, and, and that's, that's the end of it. These people trying to cross over and ruin girls' and women's sports is, is as you said, appalling. And it's taken opportunities away from girls and young women to go on and do great things when you have some couple of guys running track or swimming with you. Now, Congressman, you represent the first congressional district there in in California. I I love how you frame this. It's gender ideology propaganda. I mean, that's that's all this is. And it just amazes me how many people are falling into this trap. The NCAA, the uh, you know, at some level, the Olympics are going to be doing this. It's, it's just uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know how far the Olympics are going to go with this. But are, everybody's just looking around like uh, the emperor has no clothes here. And it, it's just, it, it defies logic. And it really makes me angry as a, as a dad of, you know, daughters. But just to see this happen, any, any girls and, and women to have their opportunities ruined by something that's completely absurd. It's uh 
And so we need to be protecting them. We need to push back on this crazy agenda. You know, you also you could pass this along to a drag queen story hour, putting kids in front of all this, and then uh, these, this hurry to if a kid might be thinking something out of the ordinary and what their gender is, they're going to get a sex reassignment ter- surgery or something. At very young ages, you know, they, they can't even do many things until they're 18 or 21, but they want to have them make these permanent decisions. So we're working on legislation on that side, too, to protect kids. So we've got to protect our minor girls, our adult women, and our kids from this crazy agenda on uh, on sex identity being taken and just stirred. And, and you know, I, I run out of words sometimes, Todd. You know? Congressman, I'm, I'm curious, your constituents there in, in California, which, you know, everyone thinks, oh, well, all of California is, you know, liberal. Uh, I, that is not the case. And I'm curious to know if you're getting response from people there um, about your decision to stand up and, and fight alongside these female swimmers and female athletes? Well, we're getting a very positive uh, response from, I mean, you know, every every district is going to have a few crazies in it such that think this is a great idea. And obviously I don't represent something like San Francisco or the East Bay or L.A. or something like that where this sort of thing is incubated. But uh, there, there's a, a whole bunch of California. And look at, it, look at the map, it'd be probably two-thirds of the state, let's say, inland from the coast, you know, 20 miles, 30 miles, that it's, it's not, it's not, it's not as crazy as what is uh, pushed, you know, what, what the perception is, right? We're not all the Disneyland, we're not all surfboards. We have a lot of normal people inland that are farmers and ranchers and loggers and miners and they drive pickups and they like hunting and they think they should be able to own guns and defend themselves. They think men are men and women are women, and that that's how it should be. And so it's, there's just really no room for this nonsense, no matter where you are, because it's a, it's a distraction from what has made our country strong by having people at each other's throats over this craziness. And the bottom line is that the people that are undergoing these sex changes, you know, I've seen stats that the incidence of suicide is like, I, I believe, 18 times higher than what would be average. So this is not giving them a truth or reality, you know, there's uh, there's videos out there and such where they've interviewed folks and they felt like they've been lied to. And so to propagate this in the sports themselves, you know, Riley Gaines, she's a hero, man, this, this young lady yes. from Kentucky there who's done done uh, so well in swimming but being forced to accept a, uh, a trophy, a co-equal trophy with, the, you know, a guy parading as a woman, you know. And, and so, I mean, Riley really deserves a lot of credit for, for standing up for this and being able to be in the line of fire. And, and Congressman, you deserve a lot of credit as well, Congressman, for standing up uh, for all of these female athletes. I am so sorry, but the computer is going to cut us off here. Uh, Congressman, right. we appreciate you. Congressman Doug LaMalfa on the Todd Stearns Radio Program. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. And hello America, welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program, happy to have you with us today, hour three of the big show. 
Hang tight if you're on the lines. We're going to get to you, folks, I promise. But just hang tight for a little while. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now. Great to have with us from Oklahoma, Senator James Langford. Senator, hope you're doing well today. I am actually doing well. Thank you. Senator, right out of the gate, um, want to talk about some legislation uh, that you are reintroducing today uh, for for gun, for gun owners, for those defenders of the Second Amendment, uh, specifically when it comes to these pistol braces. I want you to tell us about your pistol brace bill. Yeah, pistol brace bill is pretty straightforward. If you've got a pistol brace that should not be considered some, uh, you know, special item that they need to go through special permission to be able to get from ATF. ATF years ago ruled on pistol braces and said that's it's a pistol brace. That's what it is. It doesn't make your pistol into a short-barreled rifle, which is now what ATF is trying to say. They're saying it's an assistance piece to be able to help people. It was originally designed, as you know, for people with disabilities uh, to still be able to shoot their pistol and to be able to hold it in such a way uh, that it helps uh, helps them in being able to do exactly what it says, a pistol brace, uh, to be able to help them. If anyone thinks it suddenly turns a pistol into an assault rifle, they've never seen a pistol, number one, and a pistol brace. And, and of course, also, uh, it's, it's to help disabled veterans as right. well here that was, so. that was the original design that's correct for disabled veterans to still be able to still enjoy shooting sports and uh to still be able to hold it stable and uh, so again it, it's an it's an adaptive device that's designed to be able to assist individuals that need additional assistance uh to be able to hold a pistol and to be able to use it it is not some secret weapon of war uh that needs uh special permission from atf to get and what atf is actually releasing for the all the who knows how many pistol braces that are out there they're now saying to everyone, you need to destroy that pistol brace or you need to contact ATF and get special permission and fill out forms and pay a fee to be able to keep what I told you a few years ago was no problem to have. Now I've changed my mind under the Biden administration, and now the Biden administration has determined that pistol braces are somehow uh, evil and terrible. And uh, if you bought one before, even though ATF told you it's okay, now ATF is telling you, oops, I changed my mind. Well, that's absurd. That's, uh, that, that, that shouldn't happen that way. No, no, it shouldn't, Senator. And, if, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've, going back, and I haven't read the National Firearms Act in a long time, but it was my understanding those those pistol braces were actually exempt from any regulation under the, the NFA. That's correct. That's correct. And that was an official ruling from uh, ATF itself to be able to say, yes, these do not apply, and uh, as well they should not. So, uh, again, it, it, it's an assistive device uh, for uh, for firing a pistol. Most people, by the way, I think that shoot pistols or enjoy uh, sports shooting, uh, that they would see a pistol brace and go, oh, I don't want to use that. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to be able to use it. I, I, I don't. And that, that's a preference thing for a shooter. But some people, that is a preference. Or for those with a certain disability, uh, it's a, it's an essential device for them to be able to use on this for their own sporting, their own sport shooting. So, so what happens if this rule goes into effect and and an American has a, a pistol brace? What are they looking at here? Uh, they are now violating federal law at that point. That ATF can then come in and try to be able to find them and say that they're in violation of the National Fire. Firearms Act, and uh, they can come in and come after it. And so it does become a big issue for them. So for ATF to basically step in and say, just kidding, we've changed our mind, and now we're going to just declare this uh, to be under the National Firearms Act, that, that's a very big issue for us. And that's why I'm saying that they're, they're, ATF is threatening to say, 
we're going to require folks that already own these right now that bought it when they were fully appropriate and approved by ATF. We're going to require these folks to either destroy it, turn it in, or to then pay a fine, a fee uh, to ATF to be able to actually register it. Oh, wow. and uh, we, I have a bill to absolutely one hundred percent block that. Well, I'm, are you hearing from any Democrats? Because you got to have some Democrat uh, support here. Um, anybody in the Senate willing to stand up for Second Amendment supporters? We don't know yet. Uh, I can't just get anybody in the Senate. I've got to get 11 people in the Senate uh, on the Democrat side to be able to step up for this basic common sense piece. And uh, so it will go through the House. I'm very confident of that. Uh, but then we've got to be able to get through the Senate and be able to speak out. And we've got to have a president that just announced uh, publicly at a State of the Union address that he wants to get rid of all assault weapons uh, because he's afraid of any gun, no matter what caliber it shoots, if it looks scary. And uh, so it's it's... It, we're, we're at that point now with this administration. What it requires is a response. We're responding. We're going to try to build a coalition to be able to get this done. Yeah. And uh, we've got outside groups and other entities that are all stepping up and saying that's exactly the right way to go and pointing to our bill. And so we're going to try to do the work to get this done. All right. Uh, Senator James Langford, everybody, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Senator, I know earlier this morning there was a Senate briefing uh, in, with regard to the Chinese spy balloon. Any any information that you're able to share with us about that meeting? No, there's really not. Uh, it was a classified briefing, so technically I guess I should say what briefing. Um, but I, I, w- I would only say there's, there's not a lot that I can share from it. There is information on the public. Uh, the biggest issue that I have that's been my question all along is that the uh, Biden administration jumped in and said when this balloon was over Montana – Hey, we need to we need to determine what to do with it. And my response has been it's been well documented. This balloon came in over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, came all the way across Alaska, uh, cut across Canada, down into the northern part of the United States. It was over American airspace for a week before it ever got to Montana. But for whatever reason, this administration determined, I guess, that Alaska doesn't count anymore as American airspace and didn't really take action on it until it reached the continental United States. Uh, that That's the jarring part. And for the statement of, well, we're not going to shoot it down over land. We're going to wait to shoot it down over water. There happens to be water off the coast of Alaska, and that when this balloon, a Chinese spy balloon, crossed into American airspace for us not to respond to it really shows me this president hesitated and that hesitation led to who knows how much intelligence information being gathered by the Chinese, but he hesitated at the moment that we needed him to act. And it's another foreign policy mistake made by this president. We can't have a president that when China actually moves their spy equipment over the, over the United States and Alaska or anywhere else to be able to hesitate and say, we're going to think about it for a while. I, I'm, I'm not very um, relieved by the response coming out of the Pentagon here, Senator, because uh, they were telling us and the reporting um, over the past 24 hours is that they had successfully covered up a lot of the um, sensitive uh, uh, positions on military bases. What what the heck? So if they knew this was a spy balloon, why was it not brought down? That's what gets me. 100% my question as well. They can say, you know, we didn't determine this was a threat or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, if the Chinese launch anything that moves into our airspace, we need to be able to bring it down. I mean, that's a simple, straightforward issue. We don't fly into their airspace. 
They don't fly into ours. Uh, I understand they can function. They can fly their balloon around the international waters. That is just fine and, and perfectly appropriate for us to do or them to do. But when they cross into American airspace, which they did when they crossed into American airspace off the coast of Alaska, we should have brought it down at that moment. And he failed to act at the moment that we needed a, a clear decision to be made. I'd like to know, and again, last Wednesday, or I'm sorry, last weekend, you had President Biden say, well, I wanted to shoot it down on Wednesday, but they said, no, I needed, we needed to wait. I want to know who's <laughs> giving the commander-in-chief orders. That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, the, the same question is there. When he said, yeah, I, I wanted to do it that day, remember a week before it was over Alaska. Right. And so to say, I decided on Wednesday to be able to take it down. Okay, well, what about the previous Wednesday uh, when the decision should have been made when it entered American airspace in Alaska? Our, we had President Trump on the, the show on Monday, and I asked him about these reports that, you know, they're saying, well, the, these balloons flew over American airspace during the Trump years, but we just didn't tell the president because we were afraid of what he might do. <laughs> it, no, I, I, I'm not buying that at all. Um, and I, I, would, I, would, I would only say uh, that none of the folks from the Trump administration were informed on this, and they were still trying to be able to piece things together on it. Uh, so uh, th- th- there's no way that President Trump could have been informed on it or would have been informed on it because they were still trying to be able to figure the whole thing out. At the end of the day, uh, th- th- this whole what they're trying to do is this sameness of, you know, well, a balloon flew over the United States under Biden. Uh, th- there was also a balloon that flew over the tip of Florida at one point on it, and trying to be able to equate those two is absurd. And and I'm hoping, I know you can't say, but I'm hoping all of these questions were asked in the classified briefing that you guys had earlier this morning. Uh, we've had a couple of very, very thorough briefings with some in- exceptionally frank conversation. Good. And I, and I hope some, de- and well, we know that some Democrats are just as horrified by this. I mean, even Leon Panetta uh, from the Obama administration were, were freaking out over this kind of stuff. And should. Again, it goes back to the same basic principle. When the President of the United States hears that the Chinese intelligence operation is about to fly over Alaska into American airspace, that's the moment to be able to act, not a week later. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there, Senator. A lot of great information you brought to us today. And by the way, thanks for bringing in the Border Patrol Union President, Brandon Judd, as your guest at the State of the Union Address. You know, glad to do that. Uh, when President Biden went to El Paso to the border, he refused to meet with the Border Patrol Union. The, the most pro-union president out there would not meet with union leadership at the Border Patrol because he knew what he would hear. And so since Biden wouldn't meet with him on the border, I brought the Border Patrol Union to Biden at the say the Union address. Did, did they give you guys subtitles so you could understand what the president was saying, or was that just... <laughs> That was in the room. It, I don't know if it was on TV. It, apparently, it was. But uh, in the room, it was a little tough to be able to understand it. <laughs> Trust me, it was it was tough even on my flat screen TV with uh, HD. Yes. <laughs> All right, Senator. Appreciate your great work, and uh, thanks for hopping on the show today. Too bad. Glad to do it, Todd. All right, folks. Uh, there, there you go. So, Senator Langford, a part of this classified briefing uh, this morning, and uh, so we he, he can't go into the details. But suffice it to say, uh, they had some frank conversations. And the fact, and again, going back to what Biden said, and I'm glad the senator brought this up, Biden said he wanted to shoot it down on Wednesday. But the fact of the matter is, uh, by that point, they had known that balloon had been flying over U.S. airspace for several days, and they did nothing. And even if they didn't know it was a spy balloon, which they did, of course they did, But let's just assume, for the sake of the argument, they had no idea what that balloon was carrying. 
It could have had anything. It could have had an explosive device, a biological weapon. This thing could have gone a very different way because this administration failed to act. All right, we got to take a break here. We're going back to the phones when we come back, 844-747-8868. Are we getting the full story here on what this balloon debacle was really all about? 844-747-8868. This is the Ton Stern Show. Folks, just a reminder about what AT&T DirecTV has been doing to Newsmax. Still at an impasse, they have removed Newsmax from their platform. 13 million homes now denied Newsmax TV. And Newsmax, by the way, the fourth largest and fourth highest rated cable news channel in all of America. And they have been deplatformed. AT&T owns DirecTV, the second conservative channel they have removed in a year. But they still have 22 liberal news channels on the air. And that's where we need your help by reaching out and letting DirecTV know that you want Newsmax back on or you're going to cancel your subscription. Uh, Ron DeSantis says Newsmax was targeted. President Trump says AT&T and DirecTV censorship is unacceptable. And he's recommending that you cancel both service plans. Here's the number to call, 877-NEWSMAX. That's 877-NEWSMAX, and they'll take you directly to AT&T and DirecTV. That's 877-NEWSMAX. And listen up, call your congressman as well and complain about the censorship. That number again, 877-NEWSMAX. All right, let's get to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Linda in North Carolina. Hi, Linda, what's on your mind today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, <clears throat> there are several reports that I have read concerning this balloon that President Biden wanted to shoot it down sooner than he did, but General Miley nixed it. And I want to know what kind of power this general has over our commander-in-chief that he would be able to do that. Well, there is clearly a lot of power in the Pentagon, and Mark Milley, uh, the general, he is the same guy that um, that really put the screws to President Trump. You might remember in the aftermath of J6, it was Mark Milley who called together um, many military officials inside the Pentagon and basically had them swear allegiance to him that they would right. not follow through if President Trump wanted to launch a nuclear weapon, which is ludicrous because Trump wasn't going to do that. Uh, it was Milley who reached out to the Chinese and his counterpart and basically said, hey, look, we're not going to do anything. I mean, that's just outrageous. That in and of itself, he ought to be serving time at Fort Leavenworth. But Thank he's you. not. I agree. But he's not. I- it, it, it's just outrageous. So I'm with you, Linda. It doesn't make any sense, and it is a dangerous thing. And that, to me, is even more dangerous than the Chinese spy balloon flying over America. It's the Pentagon going rogue. I agree. Well, thank you for taking my call. Linda, thank you, and thank you for listening to the program. Uh, New poll out, by the way. Trump beats Ron DeSantis in the 2024 primary if... Nikki Haley is the spoiler. 
YouGov has the polling data, and uh, they say that if Nikki Haley is in the race, here we go, Trump versus, in, in the DeSantis versus Trump, DeSantis wins 45% to Trump's 41, 11% not sure. DeSantis versus Haley versus Trump, well, at that point, you've got Trump ahead 38%, uh, Ron DeSantis 35 Haley at 11 and 15% are unsure. Uh, so there you go. Now, we have a former Trump official, Alyssa Farah. She is one of the uh, squawking magpies on The View. And she's predicting that DeSantis will quickly implode under Trump's attacks. Now, this is we were we touched on this briefly yesterday and there's the 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 report out that DeSantis when he was fresh out of school fresh out of school college taught at a private school in Georgia the Darlington school and it was there that he was photographed at a party with some young girls uh the girls apparently were 18 so it really doesn't matter but it's all the optics and so anyway the insinuation is that that DeSantis was doing something improper there have been no official allegations at all ever, but that's the that's the allegation. And so people are very upset with President Trump for sharing these memes um, that were basically portraying DeSantis as being a naughty person. But I I I think we have to look at this from a from, through a different lens. And it could be that Trump is just trying to see if DeSantis is going to fight back, if he's going to punch back. Keep in mind, Donald Trump, Donald Trump may be doing all of us a favor here because if Ron DeSantis turns out he has a glass jaw, he goes down when the Democrats throw the first punch. And I, the only reason I say this is because Trump has a history of not being the first to attack. You attack him and then he lays you out. So maybe Trump is just seeing if DeSantis really you know, has the man parts to fight back. Just a theory. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. All right, folks. A reminder... We are taking a great big team of folks, about 100 people, to Israel later this fall, November of 2023. It is our Stand with Israel tour. It is a first-class, seven-day, seven-night trip to the Holy Land, and you're going to want to be a part of this. It's bring the family. It's going to be family-friendly. We're going to have a great contemporary Christian artist with us uh, leading us in in worship, and of course, you're also going to be able to meet some high-level Israeli government leaders during the visit. And if you'd like information, go to our website, ToddSterns.com. You can also call Dylan and uh, you can uh, get all the information. He'll take all your info, and we'll take care of it that way. 844-747-8868 is that telephone number. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of our um, of our great trip. It's going to be just an amazing journey. All right, a crazy story out of New York State where the university system there, the State University of New York, will require all students to take courses related to social justice and diversity, equity, and inclusion beginning in the fall. 
And this is, it's not the only state where this is happening, but if you send your child to a state institution, they're going to come back not knowing their pronouns and hating America. And that's why so many people are turning to, to schools like Hillsdale. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, just phenomenal to see what's happening. Hillsdale College saw a 53% increase in applications. What does that tell us? Well, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line and find out. Zach Miller is the Director of Admissions at Hillsdale, Senior Director of Admissions. Zach, good to have you with us today. Good to be with you, Todd. How do you even have time to talk to us? I mean, you've got thousands of kids wanting to come to Hillsdale. Shouldn't you be interviewing somebody right now? Yeah, we've got, we've got a great team of, of folks who do a lot of interviews. We actually interview uh, a ton of the students who actually come to Hillsdale. Um, but yeah, we're pretty busy this time of year, that's for sure. I'm curious what you're hearing from, from not just moms and dads, but also students. Why Hillsdale? Yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, last two years, especially with the increase in applications that we've seen. Uh, it's a lot of folks who are just scrambling to, to figure out how they find higher education that fits within the things they've learned in high school. A lot of homeschool students who have been homeschooled because they, they aren't interested in learning kind of the new trendier academic approaches to education, and they want something that's rooted in the timeless truths of the Western tradition. And so as more and more colleges and universities today are, are shifting away from those things. There's, there's very few schools like Hillsdale that are remaining steadfast uh, to a classical liberal arts curriculum. Um, and so as, that, as that's happening, we're, we're hearing anecdotally from more and more families that uh, they just aren't confident in maybe the schools that you know their parents went to or the ones that they were familiar with in their area, and they're looking for places like Hillsdale that, that teach toward uh, the idea of truth and, and the Western tradition and, and the great conversation. And even many Christian colleges and universities that you would think would be safe havens for that, teaching that kind of thing, are no longer doing that. So it's really important for parents and students to do their homework to make sure uh, they're going to a school that is um, that is still clinging to those values and, and principles. Yeah, and, and so we, you know, we welcome about 3,000 visitors a year to, to campus. Uh, student visitors a year where they get to experience what it's like to be a student. Uh, they get to sit in on classes, they meet our students, they meet our professors, and, and they have a chance to see that, that we're doing the same thing we've done for over 175 years, uh, and that's an education that best develops the minds and improves the hearts of its students, uh, but one that's rooted in the timeless truths of the Western tradition and the things that, that are important like faith and family um, and community and human nature, things that will help us understand how to lead virtuous lives and and our students are, are, are really embracing that. You know, it really is this, I mean, when you think about it, Zach, I mean, you guys have not only maintained that traditional core curriculum, I mean, you're doubling down on it. And, and I, think, I think not just parents, but students appreciate that. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, there, there, a lot of colleges uh, today are, are trending more toward finding out what students are interested in, and then they're creating majors and programs around those things. Uh, Hillsdale is doing the exact opposite. In fact, in the last, I'd say, 10 or 15 years, it's expanded some of the curriculum requirements for its core. Uh, but we think that's essential to understanding the, the essential parts of, of the world the, that we live in, what it means to be a human being, how to think well. Uh, how to understand how discerning truth matters. And so the core is about two years of a student's experience. Those first two years uh, takes about half their time, and they're learning things like philosophy and history and theology, 
but also the natural sciences, biology, chemistry, physics, the fine arts. And they're doing that in a shared way where the conversations, the great books that they're reading, you know, they're, they're talking about those things outside of class and they're committing them not only to their minds, but to their hearts. Um, and, and when they leave Hillsdale, you know, it's commencement for a reason. They, they've hopefully gained a, a foundation and an understanding about how to lead a virtuous life so they can make their communities a better place. And that, that's an important thing for us here. So, in other words, uh, when you're talking about that core curriculum, you guys aren't going to be offering you know degree majors in the philosophical study of Rihanna's Super Bowl performance. <laughs> uh, last I checked, that's not in the course catalog. Oh, that's good to know. I mean, that's uh, you know, but you never know these days. Uh, by the way, folks, we have Zach Miller, who is the senior director of admissions for Hillsdale College, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, and it really it does sound like Hillsdale is the antidote for this wokeness that has infected so much of the academic community. Yeah, if, if, if you think education is about understanding how human beings ought to live and how, how we ought to order our, our souls in accordance with tr- truth and virtue, uh, there's not many colleges out there that, that do it in the way that Hillsdale does today, uh, unabashedly. So a, a study in those classical liberal arts to understand you know, more fully what it means to be a human being, uh, how we go out in the community and, and, and lead good lives, uh, that's resonating with a lot of folks. I think this is just terrific. And, and Zach, when you look at the health of a nation, we need that. I mean, we need, we need colleges and universities that are, are doing what you guys are doing. And that was going back to the early founding of the nation and the early days of the Ivy Leagues. They were doing those things, and now they've just completely lost their minds. Uh, and so really it's imperative for the health of the nation that we have a very strong and vibrant and growing Hillsdale College. Yeah, well, we need an educated citizenry, um, and one of the things that all Hillsdale students will do uh, as part of the core curriculum is they'll take a course on the U.S. Constitution, where they will understand the founda- founding ideas, and they'll read the founding documents, and understand how our country country ought to operate, um, and a lot of our students won't go into politics, and that's fine, but at least they're educated citizens, and they know how they ought to lead lives well in their communities, and, and how to vote, and uh, do all the things that are required of us as citizens. And that educated citizenry is essential to maintaining our freedoms. And that's something Hillsdale takes very seriously. Zach, are you guys able to accommodate the numbers? Do you have a set number of students you guys want? Or can you accommodate the thousands of people that are, you know, leaving public university and wanting to go to Hillsdale? Uh, you know, we always uh, we say that the, the the worst part of of our job is that we have to say no to a lot of great kids. Um, you know, we we aim to matriculate a class of about 380 students each year. Uh, that's the size that we have with uh, uh, with the size of campus, with dorms, with keeping student to faculty ratio low. Uh, maintaining kind of the culture of the place, um, and so we're saying we're saying yes to only about twenty to twenty five stu- uh, percent of our applicants a year, wow. uh, which has gone well down since I applied about 15, 20 years ago. Um, but that that's a hard thing for sure. Um, and, and it's probably the worst part of our jobs right now. All right, folks, if you would like information, we're going to make it simple. We have a link on our website, hillsdale.edu is the website, hillsdale.edu. And of course, you guys have a lot of online things and uh, uh, other classes that people can take o- online as well, which are, are fascinating. Yeah, so any, anybody who, who wants to experience uh, some of the things that, that our students experience on a daily basis, we offer a variety of free online courses, uh, and those you can sign up for, don't pay a dime, uh, and you're going to learn a lot of the same ideas that, that our undergraduates are learning as well. That's all on our website, too. 
All right, great stuff. Zach, we're going to let you get back to it. Uh, congratulations, well done. And I know it's got to be a tough job, uh, you know, just meeting with those students and, and uh, whittling down that 20%. But, man, are you guys just uh, crushing it there? And we really appreciate the work that Hillsdale's doing. Well, thanks for the opportunity to be on today, Todd. All right. Uh, Zach Miller, ladies and gentlemen, he is the Senior Director of Admissions at Hillsdale College. If you would like information, hillsdale.edu. All right, Zach, thank you again. All right, folks, you heard Zach on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We were telling you about DirecTV and AT&T, the attacks they are waging right now against conservatives trying to shut down, Newsmax trying to shut down One American News. And now there's an opportunity for you to not only fight back, but do so in a very positive way. I want to encourage you to make the switch today to Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and Patriot Mobile actually takes a portion of their earnings, and they are investing that uh, to fight for causes that are important to us, religious liberty. You heard Senator James Langford talking about the Second Amendment. By the way, Patriot Mobile also very involved in getting conservatives elected to school boards all over America. So you would actually be signing up for a wireless service that is out there changing America for the good. So here's what I want you to do. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. They've got a page just for our listening audience. And they have all sorts of great deals, great discounts, especially for veterans and first responders. If you want to check the coverage map, they've got that there as well. And if you want to give them a call, you can do that. 972-PATRIOT. It's a U.S.-based customer service uh, team. So you're going to be able to understand them. That's 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Now, use my name, Todd and they're going to give you an even bigger discount. We'll be right back. All right, man, the uh, knives are out in Trump world. Steve Bannon attacking Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I thought you did a pretty good job. I I don't see where I just don't see where Bannon is is getting off attacking her for the speech she delivered. But Bannon is really angry at Sarah Sanders and says that she is not intellectually capable. I find that hard to believe. He said, um, if you're going to give a counter speech, you've got to talk about important issues. He says, don't get me wrong. The wokeism is very important, but it's not quite the heart of the matter right now. It's not the heart of the matter. She is not the reason. She is just not intellectually capable of going to the heart of the matter. Let's be blunt. Uh, That, according to um, Steve Bannon on his podcast, I think he had Lou Dobbs on. I haven't heard from Lou in a long time. But I'm wondering, I, are you seeing what, what Steve Bannon saw? I think he was also upset because, um, because he did, she did not mention Trump by name. Say his name! He was saying, say his name. Say his name. 844-747-8868. But he said it was a terrible speech. Steve Bannon did. Uh, He also said um, it was an insult to President Trump. She does not exist politically if it was not for President Trump. 
That speech I thought was terrible. It goes into wokeism, and that's all interesting, but you got to get to the heart of the matter. He says the heart of the matter is the debt ceiling, the CCP. If you're going to give a counter speech, you got to talk about important issues. You see, I, I disagree with this. That's not her in her wheelhouse as governor of Arkansas. And she talked about the things that she's trying to do as a Republican governor in Arkansas. Anyway, I don't know. It's, we're just killing each other these days. But that It's just where it's enemy fire. Everybody's getting our friendly fire. Everybody's getting taken out by friendly fire. Well, I got to play this audio. Matt Walsh testifying up at the Tennessee State Capitol. And these Democrats, he is, he is freaking them out. So there's some legislation that would make it illegal for children to undergo gender reassignment surgery. Cut number 18, please. Uh, uh, Thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting. One of our uh, uh, people uh, testified today that they uh, had their gender-affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog. At about 16, you're an adult who's mature and can make decisions. Uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says. Even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people. Uh, when you're 16, you should be married and uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh, a uh, an adult in your view. Uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de- defined as 18? Uh, Mr. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a hit piece you took from Media Matters uh, from something when I was uh, a radio host. Uh, 13, 14 years ago, my early 20s. Uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said. Um, I was talking about uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to, the, to this subject? Just curious of your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at 16, should... Well, uh, people are adults is- at 18, uh, but actually, your your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. So we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18. But certainly before 18, it's it's absurd. I mean, do you, do you do you think that a 16 year old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed? Do do you? Silence. No. We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not. It's, uh, okay. Representative Hammer, you are recognized. How dare you? We ask the questions, not you. So the guy asking the question, his name is State Representative Caleb Hemmer. He's a Democrat from Nashville, and he thought he was he thought he was getting one over on Matt Walsh uh, there at this hearing. There is some other audio out there. Uh, we're not going to have time to play this, but it, it, we'll we'll try to play this tomorrow because it gives you some great insight into these Democrats. And so you had another lawmaker who took Matt Walsh to task for not having a college education and said, what qualifies you to have an opinion? I mean, literally asked Matt Walsh, what qualified you to have an opinion on whether or not it should be legal or illegal for a child to have their private parts whacked off. And Matt Walsh said, well, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm i educated. I went to high school. I graduated. I can read, and I can form opinions based upon what I've read. I can do research. 
But again, the Democrats, they, they dismiss anyone who does not have a college degree. And in their minds, if you don't have a college degree, then, you know, you're ignorant. You're a redneck. Your opinion doesn't matter at all. Quite frankly, some of the most intelligent people I know never step foot in a college classroom. I mean, you can be as you can be book smart and still be dumb as rocks. You can. I mean, it's possible. I've seen I see it all the time. So anyway, good for you, Matt Walsh, for standing your ground there in the state house. The good news here in Tennessee, we have a supermajority of Republicans. So we're going to do the right thing. And and it doesn't really matter what these Democrats say. Um, that's why you need to get out there and make sure you're engaged in politics on the local level. Because a lot of these issues are now being decided in your state house. And if you if you if you don't believe me, just look at what's happening in the Tennessee State Capitol right now. All right, folks, we gotta scoot out of here. Tomorrow we're gonna be talking with Congressman Lee Zeldin. He's going to be coming to Memphis for a big event with the Shelby County Republican Party. I'm a member of that. We're going to be talking to him. We'll be getting to your calls as well. In the meantime, you get out there. Have a great day, America. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.